0: Section 16 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 8, Section 16. Selected Poems by Thomas Carver. 1598 to 1639. Thomas Carew is deservedly placed among the most brilliant representatives of a class of lyricists who were not only courtiers but men of rank, who varied in accomplishments, possessing culture and taste, expressed their play of fancy with elegance and ease. The lyre of these aristocratic poets had for its notes only love and beauty, disdain, despair, and love's bounty sometimes frivolous in sound and sometimes serious and their work may be regarded as the ancestor of the vers de which has reached its perfection in locker and austin dobson to carew's lyrics we may apply isaac walton's famous criticism they were old-fashioned poetry but choicely good thomas carew son of sir matthew carew was born in london about fifteen ninety eight he left corpus christi oxford without a degree and early fell into wild habits. In 1613, his father wrote to Sir Dudley Carleton that one of his sons was roving after hounds and hawks, and the other, Thomas, studying in the Middle Temple, but doing little at law. The result was that Carlton made Thomas his secretary, and took him to Venice and Turin, returning in 1615. Caru accompanied him to The Hague, also, but resigned his post and again returned to England. In 1619, he went with Lord Herbert to Cherbury to the French court. He became sore in ordinary to Charles I and a gentleman of his privy chamber. And the king, who was particularly fond of him, gave him the royal domain of Sunninghill and Windsor Forest. Carew was an intimate friend of Ben Jonson, Sir John Suckling, John Selden, Sir Kenham Digby, Davenant, Charles Cotton, and also of Lord Clarendon, who writes carew was a person of a pleasant and facetious wit and made many poems especially in the amorous way which for the sharpness of the fancy and the elegance of the language in which that fancy was spread were at least equal if not superior to any of that time four editions of carew's poems appeared between sixteen forty and sixteen seventy one and four have been printed within the present century the best being a quattro published by mr w c hazlitt in 1870. His longest work was a mass called Celum Britannicum, performed by Whitehall, February 18, 1633. Inigo Jones arranged the scenery, Henry Laws the music, and the King, the Duke of Lennox, and other courtiers played the chief parts. Carew's death is supposed to have occurred in 1639. A Song ask me no more where jove bestows when june is past the fading rose for in your beauty's orient deep these flowers as in their causes sleep ask me no more whither doth stray the golden atoms of the day for in pure love heaven did prepare these powders to enrich your hair ask me no more whither doth haste the nightingale when may is past for in your sweet dividing throat she winters and keeps warm her note Ask me no more where those stars light that downward fall in dead of night, for in your eyes they sit, and there fixed become as in their sphere. Ask me no more if east or west the Phoenix builds her spicy nest, for unto you at last she flies, and in your fragrant bosom dies. The Protestation. No more shall meads be decked with flowers, Nor sweetness dwell in rosy bowers, Nor greenest buds on branches spring, Nor warbling birds delight to sing, Nor april's violets paint the grove, If I forsake mycelia's love. The fish shall in the ocean burn, And fountains sweet shall bitter turn, The humble oak no flood shall know, When floods shall highest hills o'erflow. Black lethe shall oblivion leave, If e'er Celia I deceive. Love shall bow, and shaft lay by, And Venus's doves want wings to fly. The sun refused to show his light, And day shall then be turned to night, And in that night no star appear, If once I leave my Celia dear. Love shall no more inhabit earth, Nor lovers more shall love for worth, Nor joy above the heaven dwell, Nor pain torment souls in hell. Grim death no more shall horrid prove if e'er i leave bright celia's love song would you know what's soft i dare not bring you to the down or air nor to stars to show what's bright nor to snow to teach you white nor if you would music here call the orbs to take your ear nor to please your sense bring forth bruised nard or what's more worth or on food will your thoughts place bring you nectar for a taste would you have all these in one name my mistress and tis done the spring now that the winter's gone the earth has lost her snow-white robes and now no more the frost candies the grass or casts an icy cream upon the silver lake or crystal stream but the warm sun thaws the benumbed earth and makes it tender gives a sacred birth to the dead swallow wakes in hollow tree the drowsy cuckoo and the bumblebee. now do a choir of tripping minstrels bring in triumph to the world the youthful spring the valleys hills and woods in rich array welcoming the coming of the longed-for may now all things smile only my love doth flower nor hath the scalding noonday sun the power to melt that marble ice which still doth hold her heart congealed and makes her pity cold the ox which lately did for shelter fly into the stall doth now securely lie in open fields and love no more is made by the fireside but in the cooler shade a now doth with his chlorous sleep under a sycamore and all things keep time with the season only she doth carry june in her eyes in her heart january the inquiry footnote attributed to herrick and drake's literary hours footnote. amongst the myrtles as i walked love and my sighs together talked tell me said i in deep distress where i may find my shepherdess thou fool said love knowest thou not this in everything that's good she is in yonder tulip go and seek there thou mayst find her lip her cheek in yonder enamelled pansy by there thou shalt have her curious eye in bloom of peach and rosy bud there wave the streamers of her blood in brightest lilies that there stands the emblems of her whiter hands in yonder rising hill there swells such sweets as in her bosom dwell is true said i and thereupon i went to pluck them one by one to make of parts a union but on a sudden all was gone with that i stopped said love these be fond man resemblances of thee and in these flowers thy joy shall die even in the twinkling of an eye and all thy hopes of her shall wither like these short sweets thus knit together End of section 16.